0: go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash audioboom i'm anna dalvey
1: and this is the anna dalvey show you might recognize my name as a character in a netflix series but now you get to meet the real me On this show, I will dive into the concept of rules and talk with the people who create or break them. From art, politics, fashion, tech, finance, law, and more, the Anna Delvey Show will share honest, unfiltered conversations that will question traditional notions of what's right and wrong, all recorded in my East Village apartment in New York while on house arrest. This week we are talking to Julia Cumming, who is the lead singer of the band Sunflower Bean. They're an indie rock pop band based in New York who recently sold out Webster Hall. She's one of the few born and raised New York City kids to be able to say that. Julia's been a performing musician since she was 13 and even at a young age has seen it all. Born, raised and still living in the East Village, she's really carrying that culture today.
2: How's it going?
1: It's going. Thank you so much for coming. Oh my God, um, thank you for having me in your
3: beautiful home.
1: <laughs> it's like Friday night before Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. How is everything?
3: It is good. You know um, we're neighbors.
1: Oh, really? Uh-huh. No, I do not. <laughs> yeah. I
3: um, I grew up very close by here, and I still live over here, so, um, you know... I won't give my address, but over on Fourteenth Street and, and Avenue B. Um, so I was surprised that like we live so close. <laughs> uh,
1: it's like I'm here, but I'm not. Like I never come out, so it's like I'm here and not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Did you always live in the East Village?
1: No, I never lived in East Village. Okay. Um, only yeah, since I'm since I got on house arrest in mm-hmm. October last year. But um, yeah, never before. But you're a born and bred New Yorker, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So um, just tell, please tell the listeners who don't know anything about you, um, what it's like and how you got into music. Totally. Uh (laughs) Um,
3: My name is Julia Cumming. I am a born and bred New Yorker. (laughs) Um, I am a musician. Uh, I'm a singer, bassist, songwriter. Um, I've been playing in bands and being a part of, I guess, the New York music world for a, f- a few more years than I would even like to say. Like, I don't know if it's like, enter- like I'm hoping it's entering like a really cool, but it's also like I've been trying really hard for a long time too. So um, since I was like 13, um, I've been in bands and uh, I also... Um, I don't know. I'm a model, I guess. It's still, that which never uh, sounds um, right coming out of my mouth, but it is something that I have done, and uh, yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a working artist, I guess.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, you know, so many people like to call themselves New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what does it feel like seeing kind of people come in and out of New York, just claiming it as theirs? Just Coming, going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think
3: I think that a real New Yorker is kind of like defined by their relationship to the city. You know, like I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, I, after how many years do I get to say I'm a real New Yorker? And I feel like it's it's kind of about how big of a splash you make like I feel like you're a real New Yorker like like if there's a place where you um like can claim I feel like it's here I'm a real
1: prisoner (laughs) well you
3: I will say you are the first person I've ever hung out with on house arrest so that's a new experience it's quite
1: an accomplishment from my part like yeah
3: do you ever um are you allowed to decorate it. I don't know why I'm even asking that.
1: With the ankle bracelet yeah. on my home. <laughs>
3: your your ankle bracelet.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, there's no no one here to stop me. That's um, true. I would just put like pins on it. I don't want to do anything permanent just mm-hmm. because like the outfit change. I don't know if they're going to give me a new one. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I have a friend who got a who she just like started wearing a Fitbit and she thought it was really boring. So she decorated it like mm. an ink, like a, you know, a, <laughs> a bracelet, um, whatever the thing you have. Um, <laughs> I'll show it to you though later. It's, oh. It looks very cool. uh, yeah, I think you're, but... I think you're, it's setting a trend.
1: I always welcome ideas <laughs> how to make it more exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's not exciting enough. <laughs> Now, yeah, it's like I don't really know anybody who's on house arrest either, so... It's like you it's and like, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> it's pretty hard to get on house arrest. Quite a lot of things you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's your take on class structure in, like, in New York and especially in the music industry?
3: Mm, that's a big question <laughs> um, with a lot of parts. Um, I mean, I think the way that people uh, or like the language that people talk about, uh, like class in New York, I feel like is often about rent. Cause that's something that everybody can kind of talk about with each other. Like, where are you moving? How are you living? How did you get into that situation? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a big way to kind of take the temperature on, um, how everyone is doing. Uh, but you know, I think, I think there was this, um, you can't even call it naive optimism because there's, you know, all this stuff is always in a cycle. But I think there was a sort of renewed hopefulness in energy in the city around the pandemic mm-hmm. because so many people moved out, which is really sad. Like, yeah. I always felt like the thing that would really bring New York back was going to be like a recession. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of that. Um, and I think- Where
1: were you during the pandemic?
3: I was here. Mm-hmm. Um, I went upstate for a little bit with uh my band because we were trying to record a record mm-hmm. and nobody like knew how to do that. Um, so we just decided to all live together, which mm-hmm. we do on tour together anyway. Um so you know, I was I was here. Um I was in it. And uh you know, so I think I think most real New Yorkers, this is something I uh, thought about and talked about a lot is like, has their own scam or scheme in order to like, stay where they're staying. Like I live in the apartment that I grew up in because it's rent stabilized. (laughs) You know, that's like my way of like holding on to the dream and me and my family, you know, want to keep it in the family so that we always have a place here. And we always have a home here. So, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but
1: so did you grow up um, kind of thinking or being like confronted with a concept of class, um, or when do you remember kind of first um, kind of acknowledging it? Totally,
3: I think, I think in New York also there's this like really interesting dichotomy between people who go to public school and people who go to private school. I feel like you probably experienced a lot of this yourself when like being around so many different kinds of people, a lot of like white people that Mm -hmm. are like New Yorkers or say they grew up in New York or like private schoolers. And like the private schools here are so like astronomical and like exorbitantly priced that, um, you know, it really creates like a huge, huge difference between the experiences of, of people growing up here. And I grew up in public school. Um, I was, I lived with my mom over here. Um, and I didn't, you know, I think I grew up like regular to low middle class. Um, I would say I had a really, uh, regular experience um but for some reason having that experience in New York City is like more strange than having the exorbitant experience because you just you know it's um I don't know I think I think it kept me normal I think it kept me with like the people I would say I grew up with other people who you know were um who were regular people and just kind of you know I didn't experience like Like a lot of bullying or a lot of things like that, because everyone I knew was just like surviving, and Mm -hmm. everyone was within their own schemes of um, making it work in New York. So that was like that was my first. I think those were my first experiences of like class structure here. Growing up was meeting people outside of the bubble of of my school and realizing that you know there were a lot of people who go to Europe on the weekends or mm. their parents' own sports teams or things that you just wouldn't even dream about.
1: So you're trying to say everybody in New York is a scammer in a way? Absolutely,
3: yes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, anybody who wants anything is a scammer.
1: Oh, yeah, somebody sprayed my name on my door. They've done it pretty much immediately after I moved here, and then my um, landlord... They uh, painted it over, uh, and then they did it again, I guess, and again, and they just gave up. They just let it, mm. let it be there. Mm-hmm. I guess they're waiting for me to leave to paint it over again. <laughs> it's a, it is, you
3: know, it's um, it, it looks pretty cute. I will say, I like the, I like the color of it. You know, it's definitely, you know, unpleasant, but it is kind of cool. We did vandalize our own door. I will say that, like, I, I truly think as i'm walking around the east village like i look what did we say today like you saw me earlier today like kind of like goth paddington bear like you, like i gotta you know i always have it's like very that's how you know i'm a new yorker i have like one billion fucking bags with me all the time full of all sorts of bullshit <laughs> And, like, I have a weird hat to keep myself from the sun. I'm, like, pulling a cart. (laughs) And I've, like, met some of my neighbors recently, and they're like, yeah, we all, like, know that you do stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) I'm like, no, you can't see me. (laughs) Yeah, like, I want to pretend that I have, like, a lot of anonymity but mostly it's just people I really just look like shit <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean it's like just so time consuming and it's just kind of like keeps you focused away from uh, what's important now what I wanted to add there's actually Anna on a couple other doors in a neighborhood if you look across the street there's Anna on some door too so it's like it tagged. it's like it's confusing <laughs> do you know who it who it is that's doing it um no not really um I actually had people, uh, so sometimes I walk, like when I go to parole, um, so I walk back and I, um, two or three times there were like, I don't know, like people that kind of like looking at me that, but they're not sure if it's me or not. Mm-hmm. But then they see me walking into the Anna tag building. goes was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like, now I'm certain.
3: <laughs> so wait, so how, what is that? What is that walk or how often can you do that or what?
1: So I uh, have to go to ICE, which is downtown, um, 26 Federal Plaza, like once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm going to my Brooklyn parole um, once a month. Got it. Um, And I usually like walk part of the way because it's just too far to walk all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think
3: I saw an article about your outfits.
1: (laughs) Like, to parole.
3: And I was like, this is, this is, like, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Like-
1: I mean, that was, like, my only chance to kind of get out. Like, they can be mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was
3: like, this is, this is the moment. Does, do you, do you prepare Like, those looks a lot?
1: Not anymore. It's just boring at this point. Yeah. Like, it was exciting when I got out. And, like, people just assume that's what I do all day, every day. But it's only fun for, like, the first month. Yeah. Um, And then there was this piece, I guess, on Daily Mail when I was just, like, wearing jeans and, um, like, a hoodie. And then they were like, Anna abandons glam outfits. Like... (laughs) Like with such finality. Well, every every time
3: I like when what what Chris what everyone's calling my goth Paddington bear look is like, I think that I look like Mary Kay Olsen, you know, like with the with the messed up Birkin, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm so dirty and glamorous. Like, you don't you're not seeing it. And my manager's like, no, you literally look like a cartoon bear that climbed out of a trash can. I'm like, no. you don't get it. You don't you just don't get what I'm going for.
1: Or like even like the whole thing, you know, like with glaze skin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People on dating me, I was like, oh greasy bitch, why don't you wash your hair? Yeah. <laughs> no hair in your face. Yeah. It's
3: like of course glazed skin is glazed skin is happening when I'm like a, when I'm an adult with like full blown adult acne. <laughs> yeah. It's like this couldn't have happened ten years ago.
1: And this is like so hard to get to it's like extremely high maintenance thing. <laughs> For them just like to dismiss it like that. Yeah. You're like walk up all the stairs in my fucking building, then you'll get the glazed skin. <laughs>
0: Go to Shopify.com slash Audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Audioboom.
2: Let's talk about MediCal. You have a choice, and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Melina. Visit meetmelinaca.com. Let's talk today.
1: So, is there like any difference how the notion of class is like perceived within like art and music industry as opposed mm. to like everyday life? I think so. I
3: mean, I think, especially especially in New York, the people that that you know get to uh, lead in the art world or get to lead in the music world or be a part of these conversations have usually been um, you know, born into it or, you know, or nobody mentions it, but everyone kind of whispers it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what did, you know, how did they, this is their parent, this is what they do. And, um, you know, I do think that that is, uh, a really big part of it. Most people think like, I've had a lot of people think that I, um, have that I was like born into a connected family or a connected situation. I'm like, no, I'm just really tall and white. Like it just (laughs) happened. And I know that that's the area that you want to put me in, but Mm -hmm. it's been like, you know, it's been a, I've been just clawing my way for a really long time. Um, you know, and I think that that's how you have to try, (laughs) um, if you're not given, um, you know, Much more, but everyone has different shades of privilege, being tall and white and getting to have access to fashion because you're born tall and white is totally a super privilege.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. And I feel like you just have to like use what you have because you can't really change it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I guess it's like, it's the difference between like acknowledging the differences and just kind of complaining about them. Yeah. How do you think, like, being a female in the music industry, like, has it changed a lot over the years?
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's funny because it's like I still, because I meet, I still, like, I meet different girls or different people who, like, say that I was the first, like, bass player, like, girl playing bass that they saw on stage, Mm -hmm. which I think is insane if you think about like rock history and i'm very very far from um you know like the, the legends who like really really paved the way but it also kind of shows you know in between 2013 and 2016 when i was like really starting out and for many years playing 100 150 shows a year you know that it did like make that impression And I think, you know, the conversation within music is always about, um, you know, I think during those years, it was like, girls are getting everything, you know, girls don't have to work as hard to get signed, girls don't, um, you know, have to work as hard to get their picture taken, all this kind of stuff, which, you know, it, it, there were not that many women for a long time talking about how hard it is to get radio play. Um, how hard it is to get those festival bookings, like all these, you know, all these conversations are now like really starting to happen. And I kind of think it's funny. It's like, it's all perspective, right? It's like the more we talk about it, the more we think that it's not a problem, but it doesn't like the, the, the quote unquote conversation doesn't actually like put money in, in women's pockets or help them get heard. You know, so I think it's kind of funny. It's like we're, I feel kind of culturally kind of over the conversation of of women's place in it. Like we kind of think it's boring and it's been talked about, um, but it doesn't even really scratch the surface of what women are doing in this space, what women are going to continue to do in this space and, um, you know, and just how they can actually get ahead. Like I, I personally, I think the next the next 10 years are going to be really interesting because now, like the conversation now is really about women in the engineering space, women in the production space. And I think that's really, really cool. And that's kind of the actual current uncharted area is like what development and investment is going to actually happen there so that um, women can get a larger control of songwriting and production. I think that's actually where the interesting conversation is. So right now only 2.6% of music producers and 3% of engineers and mixers in the music industry are women, um, which is like pretty staggering. Um, I think it kind of like, it goes really like, it reminds me like when I think about that stat of like, I always think about kind of like growing up in Guitar Center. Like I used to kind of just hang out in the Guitar Center on 14th Street and 6th Avenue for like years and just get like made fun of by the people working there for being interested um, in that kind of gear. And even like always going into bands, always like throwing myself into everything. I was never the type of person who like sat down and learned Something I always just went in, and it's, like, really interesting to, like, be living in this moment, 2023, being a musician for a really long time, and it's, like, only right now are other bands coming to me and talking to me and saying, like, you know, would you produce our record, or do you kind of know how to do this stuff? Kind of all this, like, music school sort of optics, and I'm, like, you know, for most of my career that I was out there, nobody ever even thought that that was something that a woman could do or should do or would do it's like even just just playing the bass and just being on stage Mm -hmm. and just doing that was already like was already seen as a way stranger thing than it should have been seen at all so it's kind of like that's you know as we can tell with those stats they're really small um but I do think like I think that that's gonna be a really exciting place for women to kind of take control even or like you know Rosalia she is a really amazing engineer and a lot of uh, women that are having success are taking that control um, so that's that's something I'm personally really excited about I just like took my first like engineering music engineering course so that I can um, be able to do more of it in- investing in myself
1: and what about the difference in pay between, um, men and women in music?
3: Mm, I mean, the, the, the difference in, in pay for men and women in, in every space is huge. I also think, you know, I think it's also about. I think
1: modeling is like literally the only industry. Yeah. Where yeah. I mean, I think
3: when, I, when I think about like, when I think about payment, I also think about women and, um, like. Career longevity, right? And this is something that I that I talk about a lot, and people don't like people don't like it when I talk about it, um, which is basically like that. Well, it's like you know, people will ask me about my life or, or what I'm trying to do, or especially about my future. I'm 27 now, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, I have seven years. <laughs> you know, like I have 7 years until I'm 35 because I want to have a family. You know, that's a that's a thing for people to want. And of course, women, you know, women work, women have families. It's not a death sentence. Um, you know, it's not a home arrest <laughs> sentence, um, but it's something that I they should re- have
1: a kid while I'm on yeah, home arrest. Anyways. this is the perfect time. <laughs> I, should, <laughs> I should have popped one out in October. <laughs> I should have known like, they just don't tell me. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but yeah, I guess when I'm, when I, when I'm hmm. thinking about that idea of pay, I'm thinking about like labor and time and timelines and the alternative timelines that, um, that women who dedicate their life to art face, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, that your value is consistently, um, decreasing over, over time that people, um, usually do not like the assets that you might naturally have or didn't choose to have and want to use that against you. Um, and then once you're a mom, everybody hates you. <laughs> this is something I've been saying to my partner who has an amazing mom, like the best mom ever. <laughs> and you know, everyone, I love my mom, et cetera. But like, we hate moms. We hate middle-aged women. We hate like that demographic <laughs> culturally. They're like invisible. Like nobody, nobody gives moms or middle-aged women like the, like importance and love and care and attention that that they deserve and it's like so when i'm saying that when i'm saying i have 7 years i'm like i have 7 years until you put me in that invisible zone where like you i'm like not fuckable <laughs> and like I, what my what i make doesn't matter and you know i'm definitely going to spend my life fighting against that
1: <laughs> you know actually an interesting take that i read um I don't remember where, but it was something like the reason uh, why women stop um, being fertile because it's just like <laughs> so early in life and then a person to men is because it takes so much away, I guess, like from your body. And once you stop being fertile, like usually in your forties, this is when you can actually like focus on yourself. Mm, <laughs> that's true. So it just like sucks out all the energy out of you. <laughs> That's totally true. I've also
3: like, I can't, it's another like book that I've been meaning to read, but there's also a lot to be said, you know, especially for being, you know, a musician where it's like, is maybe potentially, or even ideally my contribution to the world is like, not like making another human, you know, maybe it's the legacy of music that I'm hoping to leave and I'm hoping to build, you know, and continue to build. And there's, you know, something to be said for uh, women being allowed to choose what their legacy is, and that continuing mankind, especially <laughs> uh, when we know the uh, direction that it's going,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, isn't always the most appealing.
1: Yeah, so is that just... awful? <laughs> Are you anti-an adult natalist? <laughs> oh, no,
3: I do. I do. Um, I do. I would love to have a family. I really would.
1: Um, I mean, like. Well, I could can, we can just freeze our eggs at this point. I could, yeah,
3: but you know, but then I'll have to like, honestly, here, you know why I'm, I, it's going to suck, it's going to be painful, and I feel like the hormones are going to make me insane and rude, and who knows what I'll do then, you know, I could like, you know, c- get into some, some real drama, <laughs> and every, every time I mess with the hormones, I go totally crazy, yeah. so I I would do it, but I'm afraid of um, the time period in yeah. which I would be doing it.
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess.
3: Are you gonna
1: Are you gonna freeze your eggs? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I should. I just, yeah. I thought about selling them.
3: (laughs) You know, sometimes you need ten grand. I could
1: do it. I could make it work. You know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why not? (laughs) Yeah. So who are your, like, icons? Are there any women in music over the age of 35 <laughs> who, you, <laughs> who you look up to, admire? Yeah,
3: totally. I mean, I feel like it, like, it's, um, I really do look up to the icons, and that's why it, like, sounds kind of cliche. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I'm lucky to, I have a really sweet relationship with Courtney Love. Um, she's been really supportive of me over the years. She gave me a whole bunch of clothes a long time ago to, to wear on stage. Um, they were all, like, all these dresses from the 20s that were, like, about to fall apart. She was mm-hmm. like, you'll only wear them once. But um, <clears throat> she was like, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that she pays attention to a lot of stuff that's, that is going on. And um, she's also, you know, very, very fearless And she's, you know, I remember her saying to me, she's like, you're, you're, you're not just some it girl, you're going to make it. And I don't know why I'm doing her voice like an old, like, (laughs) you can't really do an impression of her talking voice. Um, Also, you know, I think um, Kim Gordon's amazing. I think that her also like her records um, that she's done with or the record she did with Justin Raisin. And I know they're continuing to work on stuff is like so cool, super industrial, just like, you know, I think that. Um, a career like hers is is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's funny I'm bringing them up at the same time because I know they got some beef, but I guess you know everyone loves a little bit of drama <laughs> um but yeah, there's like so many that's why I guess like I said before it's kind of surprising um every time people have mentioned uh sunflower bean in like and what that might have done for them as far as like seeing um what we were doing and it always surprises me because these people are um, such big figures to me, even like Carol Kay, like an iconic bass player on all, you know, so much, so many, you know, 60s, 70s tracks, um, you know, there's, I have so many heroes like that and it just shows that um, they don't really get seen <laughs> in, the, in the same way, mm-hmm. um, it's all it's all uh, perspective.
1: Definitely. And uh, what artists do you think are doing it best right now? Mm. Younger There's ones. a band called
3: Frost Children.
1: Oh, yeah, um, I know them.
3: Yeah, yeah. they're <laughs> like, they're really good friends of ours. Mm-hmm. I think they're absolutely genius. Mm-hmm. I think like the both of them are two of like the um, just like nicest, most supportive. Um, and I mean, m- most importantly, just incredible musicians. And um, they also like I really just love the way they operate with their fans. And I love what they're trying to do. I think that they really understand how to build a community and also like how to use the framework of like hyper pop in a different way as like kind of like a door to every kind of sound, you know, and I feel like they're really, really musically free. And I feel like that's kind of the future that we're that we're heading towards slash we're already in it's like nobody wants these these labels you know but i really there's there has been like a resurgence in new york of like djs of dance parties um the dare obviously is um is is kind of i think i'm on group
1: chats with all these people <laughs> yeah i
3: feel like he's kind of like hold, he's kind of holding the torch um and i think that's very cool i think that when when um when someone like him or different people when they win it just creates more space for people to be paying attention to what's happening in the new york music scene yeah. and it was like really dead for a whole bunch of years which mm-hmm. t- sucked
1: i've heard um some people like kind of criticizing this whole scene as like oh you guys are totally out of context um outside of new york mm. But um, I don't think that's true. I mean, it doesn't always translate and, like, people don't get it everywhere. But um, they, um, I just saw pictures of them, like, performing in D.C. So, like, clearly there is, like, people in other cities
0: can, yeah. um,
1: like, definitely understand the appeal. I mean, mm-hmm. people just, like, hate people, like, having fun. Or people hate
3: anyone <laughs> who, like, they, like think thinks they're hip or something because I don't really know. I really don't know why. And then it's like, and then they love like music festivals. You know what I mean? Which it's like, I'm not going to talk badly about because I like to play music festivals, although I've never been to one for fun. But it's like something I think about a lot is like, you know, you have this festival culture where you get people all together. Um, You have like, you know, 10 people who have to spend thousands of dollars to like be drunk And not be paying attention to the music and see like 30 things for a whole year where like the artists don't really have as much. They can't really control their sets as much unless you're a huge headliner. And then they kind of like treat music like it's this thing to like check off a list. It's like, okay, I saw... Kendrick Lamar for 30 minutes before I like threw up in a bush in like some state, you know, it's like
1: posted it on my Instagram story.
3: And like that it's, I don't think like festivals are the enemy per se, but that's like really, really different than having like a healthy music scene, having like people feel like they can start bands, having people feel like they can play shows and people in the community are going to hear them. So it's like, I think anyone that's criticizing The music scene, first of all, who gives a fuck if you don't live here? Who gives a fuck if you're not like here investing (laughs) or non-investing? Your opinion doesn't matter. And number two, like just enjoy it. Just like put on the music, dance around Stop complaining and be happy that like anyone's making art at all. That yep. isn't like just Drake being pumped at you through a supermarket or isn't yet created by AI. <laughs> like just like, let's just let the humans like be silly and like dance at home sweet home.
1: Did you hear um, Drake's and uh, The Weeknd, the AI track? I, I, I'm sure I heard it, but in my <laughs> mind, I can't hear it. And that's probably a good thing. Some of my friends said that's, like, the best track that they've heard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's still up, I think, yeah. because um, they, they'll definitely get sued. <laughs> yeah. I really feel,
3: like, my, my hope with everything is that, like, and I think it's probably a naive hope, but it just makes, like, everything that humans do, like, so quaint. You mm-hmm. know? It makes everything that we think about and invest in just feel really cute to yeah. me. It's like if we're going to keep... You know for us almost it's gonna to get to a point it's like for us to really continue to to love what humans do it's going to be a choice yeah. you know and that's like a choice coming from love yeah actually like i sound really goofy right now but it's true it's like you're gonna to have to like literally love one another and be like i would rather hear what a human is doing than a computer <laughs> and that's kind of cute
0: selling a little or a lot
2: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.
1: It's also, like, wild to me to just see people, like, commenting, like, just hating on others because there's just so much, like, that any given person just doesn't like, Mm -hmm. it's just impossible to, like, for me, it just kind of would approach it as, like, if I just, if I comment on one thing that I hate, I just have to cover it all, and that's just an impossible task, so it's, like, (laughs) why even start? (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, people, people have so much time on their hands, it really astounds me. You could knit, you could um, really do anything besides, like, comment on other people's stuff. But that being said, I love drama too. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a fan of the pop culture.
1: Yeah. It feels like it's still like in the attention economy, like even negative attention, you're Mm -hmm. kind of contributing to it like in some way just means like it bothers you to such an extent. Cause I feel like, well, I don't know. Um, I feel like artists, like I understand with like politicians because like technically people feel like they're being affected By like laws or something. But if you don't like somebody's like pictures or music, like why bother? Mm, (laughs) Like hating on it. It's just completely pointless. Just go move on to something totally. Well, it's kind of like the
3: like the attention economy or like clout economy. Yeah. It's funny with like the song with with Wannabe that is, you know, um, hopefully your theme song. Um, You know, it's like when we it was really, really funny writing that song and I was like, going through all these lyrics and I was like trying to think about like this character who really like, who really like dispelled the idea of being a wannabe. And it's like, yeah, like you're, even if you call me this, like I'm still the person that you want to be because for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. I'm getting the attention, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's something I think about in music a lot. You know, like in the 90s, there's this huge idea of selling out. Mm -hmm. And now that, um, you know, press, there's a really like press doesn't have the strength that it did. It's like something we kind of talk about is like companies like Taco Bell or something like they're actually the gatekeepers. When you play the Taco Bell stage, it means that somebody actually thinks it's good. You know what I mean? And if someone thinks it's good, then it's worth listening to. It's almost like the power has, has gone into those structures and like in this really hilarious way where like if you can sell out, that means that you made it. Yeah. And that's very, very, very different thinking, especially being like in an indie band um, from what I even grew up thinking was going to be the conversations I was having. Yeah. You know, like I thought that everyone would just, you know, that I would always be in these situations that, you know, would stay that way. You know, no, everyone's like trying to avoid this. And now, you know, I really feel like the 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 old world stamps of approval just don't mean as much. It's like, are you being heard or, or not? No. Are you being paid attention to or not? You know, are people calling someone a wannabe or is that the person that's actually... Like kind of making shit happen, yeah, you know. And how much are you going to let anyone's idea of you uh, define
1: your life? What do you think is the future of the music industry? Like past labels, totally. Well,
3: I want to, you know, I want to be clear in saying that any, any, any of these kind of entertainment any of this world, is going to be really, really complicated. We know that it's going to be really corrupt. It's going to be really hard. And I think those are kind of the prices that you play with for being able to be an artist or have a creative life. You know, like there's a price. You don't get to just go to college and get out of college and everyone tells you what to do. You know, it's it's not that path. So with that being said, I really like... I really hate people who complain a lot, especially about like music. Cause I feel like we know the stakes, you know what I mean? I feel like trying to pretend that things are going to be handed to you or given to you, or that people are going to be nice to you even, or treat you fairly is really naive. So, you know, I'm just putting that out there to say that I don't hate as much as these as much as everything, including like the streaming economy, is messed up, I am not. Uh, I don't hate. I don't hate the cards at play because they just are what they are. This is how you get music out. Um, but I think I'm hoping that you know the future involves a lot of different structures that give artists a lot more control and you know that we can kind of get through these optics conversations and help artists actually get heard mm-hmm. you know that's what every you know it sounds really quaint as well but that's what every musician's goal is is to just get to be able to communicate that thing inside of themselves to somebody else's ears you know and i think there are different structures different label structures management structures that are being discussed that, um, can help us get there because, uh, with social media, with everything that we have now, we are able to like, you know, people actually seem to kind of care about, um, what is going on in, in these different industries. So, you know, again, there's, there's that fear, like if everyone is talking about these industries being fucked up, they think it's getting better, but nothing's really happening. Um, but I think continuing to talk about it, continuing to be brave about it, you know, I think that that will gently lead us into a future that you know we want to live in.
1: Yeah. Do you see something like in the equivalent of um, the writer's strike that's happening right now in Hollywood?
3: I wish. I mean, musicians don't have any union. Musicians yeah. don't have any health care. Musicians don't have any, you know, the fact that even during the pandemic that musicians got unemployment was like it was like so crazy. It was almost hilarious. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. Like this is amazing, you know. Like I never—that's not something I ever thought, you know, would happen. I think it, I think like a real a real union would be um, really really incredible, um, and I think continuing to have artists on artist conversations, especially about their rights, I think that is would be a really really uh, helpful thing. Like kind of when I said that musicians are quaint in how much we want to
1: get heard quaint (laughs) I do I know I've said
3: it a bunch today it's like I must be in kind of a quaint (laughs) mood like um it's it's there's a lot of people within within the industry who will that's why I think it's almost like more at least on par even like way more complex or fucked up than even fashion because in fashion like you know you 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 really know what those stakes are it's like you're hot or you're not you're booked or you're not you know someone's doing something messed up to you or they're not in music there's a lot of characters who they're 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 like they're taking your soul and they're trying to sell it so inherently like that's really tough and they you know it's like the ways that it can get hurt are so deep it it makes it a uh, A really tough thing you know so that's why I think it's um that's why I think musicians need to stand up for each other need to communicate with each other share resources with each other and help help each other understand how to navigate it Mm -hmm. um and not you know get caught up in people trying to sell the work of their soul and mess it up because it's a really heartbreaking thing
1: yeah uh, now onto the fun question I ask my every guest. Um, <laughs> have you ever been arrested?
3: Oh, gosh, no, I've never been arrested. Um, Do
1: you wish you were arrested?
3: <laughs> it's kind of sounded like I did, right? Well, there's still time. Um,
1: <laughs> it's never too late.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's never too late. It's never too late. Um, your, your anklet does look very chic, um, you know.
1: <laughs> it took me a lot to get here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: not yet. Life is long, hopefully. Thank. I want to, at this point, I want to thank my parents for all my great team. Yep. For help me getting here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here without you. I love your laugh. Oh, Does everybody say that? Is it quaint?
3: It's 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 more than quaint. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's effervescent. That's another one of my favorite oh. words. It's
1: bubbly. Oh, thank you. I think quaint would be too quaint of a descriptor. <laughs> um, Any crazy fan stories? Mm, crazy, crazy fan stories. I mean, there's, um,
3: I think, um, like, you know, you, you have a f- maybe some stalkers right? Doing your, kind of putting your name around like it happens. There's definitely been some, there's definitely been some characters. Um, I did have a stalker who would, um, he knew that he knew the laws really well. And he would uh, make sure that if he did anything to me in the project that I was in at the time that he wouldn't, be close enough to the venues to actually get kicked out Mm -hmm. so he would stand exactly far away enough and like hand out flyers about like us being horrible and different things there's a lot of ways to use the law uh to your advantage in that way Mm -hmm. um in a bad way (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) in knowing what you really can or really Mm -hmm. can't do um they really should not even
1: like release the laws i think everybody should just be like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> surprise. you just broke the law <laughs> because, uh, how can you prevent people like finding loopholes yeah <laughs> and there should be like a shadow government that decides what the laws are and like, yeah. nobody knows <laughs> i'm
3: honestly like i'm honestly impressed that i don't have <laughs> like i feel like Everyone's information is so accessible that I'm I, I'm kind of more afraid about the future. Yes. I'm like I'm definitely I'm like I've said this, I've said my cross streets a lot of times. You know, I'm like I'm definitely going to have to get out of here soon. <laughs> I
1: hope. I hope my life
3: changes and I can get off Avenue B, but I'm also kind of in love with it, so.
1: I kind of feel like it takes one crazy person um I don't know I was kind of careful um, like keeping my address like out of the media but somebody like posted it and uh, I guess people who just like know the first avenue they would recognize it and I'm just like well whatever happens happens like you know so like walk down the street and get 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 hit by a car you just never know yeah um I mean obviously you don't want to be reckless but you also don't want to just be like. Just oh who's going to come after me now I like people show up here like knock on my door mm-hmm. just uh, I was like how did you get my address I was like oh um I just googled it I'm like oh really <laughs> <laughs> well um, you know, yeah I mean also it's like you just like I
3: remember very, I remember a long time ago someone uh like dming the band like a picture of like them with a gun and being like i'm going to kill you bitch to one of our like in a state that we were going to and it's like you know i mean if we, when you live in america it's something you really have to discuss <laughs> it's like well are we going to play this show or is the venue going to uh have a metal detector or uh like what kind of situation is it cuz you you know it's not a it's not a joke people are um yeah, very crazy. I'm kind of. am even feeling even superstitious talking about it. I'm like, oh
1: God, nobody. <laughs> I had a don't person, do that. <laughs> I had a person. I was just thinking about it. They um, pretended to be a con- contractor, like a ooh, and they called the management of the building, ooh. asking to be let in. Wow! And they just did, and like they just knocked on my door.
3: Were <laughs> they in like a like a uniform?
1: No, um, no. It was just a guy like with a dog and he um, wanted to just like talk to me. I was like, what are you doing here? Why like, wouldn't you like ring the intercom at least? <laughs> um, can you can you move? Have you considered it? Yeah. We're like working on options right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just um, trying to kind of move to um, a bigger building because mm. I'm allowed to move anywhere within yeah within this building. So if I had... If I was living somewhere with more amenities, I'd be able to, like, move more. But, I mean, the kind of the ideal case scenario that um, I'll be let off house arrest. Mm-hmm. So, because I'm sure the new building will only be exciting for, like, two days. <laughs> How much longer is it? Um, nobody knows. It's not like a punishment. I'm only on house arrest because of ICE. And mm. um, my immigration case can take forever. Um, mm. But we appeal the conditions of the bond. So just... You just never know when they're going to rule on it. We haven't gotten the ruling yet. Have you, do you have one of those um, little tre- like walking treadmills for inside the house? I do actually, yeah. It's like <laughs> um, collapsible and like I roll it in <laughs> inside my bedroom. <laughs> it's very flimsy because. Um, None of the, like, really good ones, you can't really just, like, pick them up and <laughs> roll them away. But I walk. I'm not, like, really big on running, but like, yeah. I just walk, like, at 4.56 and I just, like, answer my messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can, like, do it for, like, that. 90 minutes. So it doesn't feel like, like, all oh, working out, but. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's also how you're you're a real New Yorker, because you have to walk and think at the same time, even if you can't live the, uh, leave yeah. the building. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's the best. Just like being able to like walk everywhere too. But mm-hmm. it's a very loud area here. Mm-hmm. It's you just like never know. Yeah, I'm surprised it's so quiet. Oh, it's for so... our recording, did you? We worked hard on it. Um, we just closed the door, really, <laughs> and maybe <So> it's fine. <laughs> that and yeah, and because. First Avenue's right there. Mm-hmm. Here's like you look on
3: the I, inside. I
0: told people outside to be
1: quiet.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he crossed out the Anna's. He said she's not here.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom.
2: Let's talk about MediCal. You have a choice and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmelinaca.com. Let's talk today.
1: Um, now we cover the crazy fans. What about crazy journalists? <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, I, I I have a
3: like I have a joke. I think I told it. Uh,
1: I don't even know if it's a joke, but it's something that I
3: that I feel, mm. and I'll pre-apologize to all my friends who are journalists but like I always think deep in my heart I'm like man it would how lame would it be to be a journalist like it would just suck so bad like it would like it would suck so bad to like not like be to like just I personally I think to not like be a person that has like these ideas that you want to go for and you have to be a person who has to write about everyone else's ideas and follow people around all the time it's like it's like that same thing is like they'll never make a statue to a critic you know but like really like I think it's lame yeah, I think time,
1: it's lame to be to be a journalist and every to just time I like, look at a journalist I think I'd rather be on house arrest than be me. <laughs> well I also no, I mean joking. I think maybe this is
3: maybe this is something that you feel it's mm-hmm. like um I think also if you're a person who really, really wants to, who really likes to try, like I have a, uh, I have a lot of faith in uh, my ability to keep going. So with that being said, like if a journalist doesn't like me, I'm kind of like that sucks for you because yeah. like you still have to write about it. Like I'm still <laughs> like, I'm still going to be putting out <laughs> albums. I'm still going to be trying, like I'm still going to be putting it out there And you will always be the person who has to write about albums. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so therefore, like, you know, therefore, like, I just don't, I just don't like, it doesn't bother me that much. You know, (laughs) I'm much more interested in the people who are actually making albums. I want to hear, I like to get that, that information musically. And I do apologize. Lots of, I know, you know, there's lots of great journalists out there. You know, I'm not saying every, and I'm saying I hate an entire group. I just, you know, just kind of, you know, I res- I respect artists a lot more. Don't don't, don't backtrack. I, I, listen, I can't I can't backtrack. I can't backtrack. I just, you know, I'm uh, I'm just saying was saying that like it is.
1: Yeah, no. What, about, what do you think? Um, yeah, I have like all kinds of complicated. Feelings about the media. <laughs> I feel like they just <laughs> they're just mad because they just don't have um, the power and the influence that they used to have, and they just need to compensate for they just veining relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of trying to hold on to their jobs and compete with social media. Um, I guess yeah, it's funny how reporters come with preconceived notions of what they think is going to be a good story or what they think you need even like I don't really fit that narrative and like they get really mad if you mm. don't want to give it to them you don't want to like name drop anybody I'm not <laughs> gonna-
3: <laughs> well it's it's, un- it's like an unnatural thing to be like you know to be interviewed in that way when you also you know it's like we want to trust each other you want to hope that someone that you're speaking to has your best interested in mind it's like it is kind of a it's a naive hope but I, I I believe that it probably, you know, that a bunch of people that are talking to you probably have a lot of fierce ideas that, that no matter what you say, that you probably, there's like an unshakableness to their own story they're pushing.
1: Yeah. I feel like down the road, like media just like may become kind of obsolete the way we know it. Mm. Just even think, I don't know, like 20, 30 years ago, just the whole concept and like just... The, the reputation of all his publications was so completely different like yeah. now all his publications just being openly ridiculed
3: <laughs> and you know what i will say too is like i think that the the media crisis the like kind of internet journalism crisis that we're sort of seeing the bubble of right now like i like i do really feel bad for a lot of a lot of the journalists in that situation. Also, just because it, I think it's really created a situation where it makes it hard to be a good journalist. There's a lot of writers and people that I know that, you know, just like really can't get paid adequately for the work or, you know, there's not a lot of money in like real music criticism. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money in bashing young artists to try to get clicks you know, like that's how they make their money. And that doesn't support a system in, in which musicians can actually have an interesting relationship with the media where they are <laughs> can actually afford to take the time to pay attention to what artists are making. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not a good situation for them either. So like, I think that's part of how I feel about it. I think if if there was, if journalists were kind of, supported in actual criticism or, at, you know, financially, then, um, I think they, I think a lot of this media could still be more important and could still, um, create like a meaningful experience for fans and how they can find music. Mm-hmm. And now it's just not that meaningful. Now it's,
1: you know, that's just the algorithm. How do you think TikTok changed the music industry? And, um, like, for example, like, um, was it Halsey? She- she was complaining, mm. yeah, um, that her label would make her would not let her release a track unless she would come up with a viral TikTok for it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the story.
3: Yeah, I mean, it looked it looked fake. Yeah. It's 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 fake and real. You know, it's very. I mean, it is very real. I mean, there's there's so many. You know, we can. There's so many systematic issues at play when Halsey was posting about her label making her. Uh, make TikToks before she was able to put that single out, Mm -hmm. you know, and like kind of having the awareness at the time of like the conversations that were being had about um, TikTok and uh, music and how it, and it actually kind of backfired because it did seem kind of fake. I mean, I think, I think so many things about it. I'm really like, I remember I was talking to, I had the chance to talk to like some, like a 15 year old, like a while ago. That's like a weird sentence, but, um,
1: it was a normal where, situation. Where do you even find them? Okay. I was, you know, I feel like I'm not around kids a lot.
3: 15 year old kid. What,
1: what did you do to get him?
3: Um, I, it was a, lo- a very long story. Um, my, it's, it's cute. My, um, partner works in a school and they were like having a situation where, just um, taking advantage of all your connections. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> no, you know, access to kids. <laughs> leave them out of it. But I was I was talking to I was talking to some kids about music stuff. Some kids that were interested in uh in going into music and they were talking about music discovery and they were talking about how they love being on TikTok mm-hmm. and scrolling and finding an audio that is like from a band and then they go to that band and they'll find them on Spotify. And they were like, yeah, if they have like less than a thousand monthly listeners, then like, I know I found like the jackpot. (laughs) And it just reminded me of like going to Virgin Megastore, going to record stores and looking through the dollar bin Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) that level of excitement when you feel like you Mm -hmm. found something special. And it was actually really exciting to me to hear that like kids... I mean, especially during the pandemic, you know, like everyone in that group that was growing up were like using TikTok as like their record store experience, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was just really quaint and cute (laughs) to me that, you know, that like that element of music discovery, like that little spark that you feel when you feel like you found something that's like unknown and it's speaking just to you, like that spark is alive Mm -hmm no matter what format it's coming through. And I think as long as that spark is alive, like there's still hope, you know, we can yeah. complain about all these different mediums or we can, you know, do our best to use them. And if if that's how people are discovering music, like you have to adapt. Yeah, you
1: don't hear young kids, 15 year olds complaining about TikTok.
3: No, <laughs> no, they love, they love everything about it and they find a lot of music from it. So, yeah. you know, you... uh you complain or you jump in. Oh, I, I, I have a question. Um, like how does it feel having your like own podcast and what are your dreams for the podcast? Mm -hmm. Like how, like, I'm totally curious about how you feel in this moment, like finally, Mm -hmm.
1: like speaking on all this stuff and opening up your world. Mm -hmm. So it's been an interesting experience. Um, just kind of like, I get to play pretend, like, to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, It's harder in some ways, easy in others. Um, But I don't know. We've just kind of been recording so far. Um, We we speak to you now, and, like, we didn't launch it at this point. So Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of, like, abstract for now. It's, like, not real yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's going to feel different once it's kind of out there. Um, But, yeah, I thought it would be an interesting way to... um, Not even tell my story, but it's a different platform. And I guess you can tell a lot about a person just, like, by questions that they're asking, by the guests they choose to put on. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like those indirect ways to, like, talk about myself. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Through different people. And, um, yeah, I have all kinds of guests and they ask different questions, like, than traditional journalists. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know,
3: I was, was like, I was thinking about it because I was thinking about, you know, how I feel like you... Are now like a New York icon, you know. Especially like you've you've kind of cemented this thing, and also you know everyone's interest, you know, in kind of like you know there's like America's interest in like a redemption arc, you know, for (laughs) for 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 people or for women. And I kind of, I, I was like, I feel it's cool to do the the podcast with you in this moment because I feel like you're in the midst of like a big American story and I'm I'm like I'm like I want you know like I feel like the podcast is like this kind of this turning point in how you
1: communicate with the world yeah the house arrest podcast
3: (laughs) that wasn't really a question but it was just something I was thinking about you know on the way here like I try to tell it to myself all the time but it's Mm -hmm. just that like that you never know where you are in the story you know and I'm, I'm always thinking that I'm like I never know you know, what, what part I'm in, but I'm like, I yeah. have to have faith that something <laughs> cool is around the corner.
1: Yeah. I think that like, you just figured a lot of things out just by starting doing it mm-hmm. and just like thinking and talking about it. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Otherwise like po- people will just put you, um, into their own narrative. Do you think you're a, like a sink or swim type of person? Um, it feels like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I perform just better under stress. And um, I could not even imagine a reality where um, there are no government agencies supervising me. Like, nobody cares <laughs> yeah. if I leave the house or not. I can have, like, <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> Is that fun? <laughs> like, I need to work for it.
0: <laughs> do, you, do you
3: have, like, any, like, self-care, like, different routines to, like, keep your, to stay calm within all of that?
1: Um, I don't know. Just kind of try to stay busy, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, like, I have ups and downs like any other person, but um, yeah, just when you do something, just maintain the illusion of control, even though like, if you think about life, you don't really have control of anything at all. Like, anything can happen. <laughs> um, and it's just like, you can't think in that way. And um, yeah, I can control when I'm going to be released or when they're going to um Yeah. Grant me my freedoms back, but I can't control what I do with my day. So mm. um, it's kind of like small stuff like that. <laughs>
3: Maintain the illusion of control
1: is yes. like a, it's a
3: very that's a, a, that's probably the
1: most powerful sentence of the <laughs> of this recording. It's like yeah, just self deception works wonders. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you can convince yourself of anything. True, it's <laughs> true.
3: You have to be delusional.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to do anything in this <laughs> Just, world. Yeah, that's the that's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us up, yeah. where can we follow you? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, um
3: Julia coming on Instagram. That's my that's my main social media, but Sunflower Bean is everywhere, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Uh, every place that you can hear music Mm -hmm. and uh, we put out an album last year and we're just doing festivals this summer but uh there's a whole plethora of uh work to jump into if uh you like music.
1: Yay. And like my next party. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, what? I remember I was invited, I forgot to tell you, I was invited to your birthday party.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I'm mm. not sure
3: who, <laughs> who made that happen, but I couldn't come and I wanted to like, I wanted to send you like a card or a little gift or something. And I spent a lot of time being like what does one like what kind of gift would I get Anna Delvey like what kind of like letter would I send like what would I say like hey (laughs) there hello (laughs) happy birthday yes that was cute so I owe you a birthday present oh you don't I owe you a letter oh
1: there we go yeah I could have done that (laughs) it's actually really funny like when people come here and it actually happens to be their birthday (laughs) like oh how did you know (laughs) we're just here all the time <laughs> uh, so I have this pink neon sign on my wall. Uh, I kept it from my birthday party just because, I don't know, They, I just can't take it off. I don't know if they're it's really badass. <laughs> Having a neon
3: sign for your birthday party is
1: like i love that <laughs> i also had this clubhouse arrest um uh, signed but they took it with them right yeah the, that was the that was the party i would have liked to go to that club
3: <laughs> like it would, i'm sure like it was a happening night like if you know if you need a dj <laughs> the next time <laughs> i do yes the next time you're you're doing clubhouse arrest <laughs> the most exclusive club in new york <laughs>
1: All right, thank you so much julia for coming it was uh, so much fun talking to you very quaint <laughs> but yeah, thank you for our beautiful quaint conversation
3: <laughs> thank you for having me and uh um i'm excited to hear more from the pod of
1: course <laughs> if you were to listen to julia sounds like i'm well on my way to being considered a real new yorker maybe dreams do come true after all the Anna Delves Show is a reunion audio and audio app production. The show is produced by Sean Glass, sound supervised and co produced by John Eckhouse. Hell, what the hell?
0: Hell, when it rains. <coughs> reunion audio? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash audioboom.
2: Let's talk about MediCal. You have a choice and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolina.ca.com. Let's talk today.